First Corinthians chapter 15. I'll try and say something. What do you think? First yeah. Corinthians chapter number 15, verse 53 to 58. For this corruptible must put on an incorruptible, and this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible has put on incorruption, and the mortal has put on immortality, then shall, the, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your sting? O hell, where is your victory? And the sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. 58 says that, therefore, somebody say therefore. Therefore, therefore my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that the labor, your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Hallelujah. So I want to title the subject matter for today, Your Labor in the Lord God Shall Be Rewarded. Amen. So Pastor Obed was in the spirit when he shared with us that we should press on for our labor will be rewarded. Hallelujah. You know, this particular scripture, I want to give you the context, the protest of the context of this text, so you can understand the reason why Paul wrote the whole of uh, chapter 15 of 1 Corinthians. See, this is one of the most important scriptures, chapters in the whole of the New Testament. One of the most important scriptures is chapter 15. And you see, chapter 15 deals with the end time. It deals with the, the, the rapture and resurrection and all that. And it was because at the time or before then, people had risen up and they were saying that there is no rapture. We will not rise up. You know, it is, this is the life. When it's done, it's done. You know, and people were saying all sorts of things like that. You know, and you see, life, when you know that the end of, there's no reward for anything you are doing, it doesn't inspire you to do anything. Are you with me? If, if you know that uh, when you write an exam, whether you pass or fail, there's no consequences, it will not inspire you to study. We've been talking about uh, get ready to stop work. You have... 25 minutes more. You see, and when we're talking about that subject, all we knew is that we have to try and pass because when you pass, there's a reward. Are you with me? But if you come to a place where you feel there is no reward, then there is nothing that will inspire you to do well. You see, so Paul wrote this whole letter explaining to the church that, listen, you are going to rise up again. When Jesus comes, this mortal body will be put down and will take on an incorruptible body. We will, we will rise up. As he rose up, we shall be like him. We shall rise up. And you see, when you rise up, something else will happen. So I am begging you, be steadfast. The word steadfast means be anchored. Be determined to stay 
on course. The word steadfast is a is a a sea a sea term terminology which says that stay on course. Don't veer because you see the sea is not like the road. You, there is nothing like you turn right, turn left. You see the sea anywhere leads to anywhere. You can easily turn right or turn left and not know that you have veered off. You see, you may be traveling from here to, uh, maybe you're going from here to Papua New Guinea. You're supposed to be going south, southwest from England, going down south in the Atlantic. You have to turn west somewhere. But before you realize, you can easily be in uh, Guyana instead of going towards Papua New Guinea because there is no direction. There's no road map. That says that you, when you see this pole, you turn right. When you see this bridge, you turn left. No, no, no. So you need to have the compass, and you need to be steadfast following that compass. Wherever the compass tells you to go, you need to keep going there, or else you will be lost. So Paul is saying that be steadfast, immovable, which means that don't let the wind blow you off course. Don't let anything turn you to the right, turn you to the left, or anything. Always abounding in the work of God. Which means that the work of God has the propensity to blow you away. Which means that the work of God has some certain certain winds that come only to people who are doing the work of God to shift you. If you are doing something else, you will not be shifted. You will not be offended. If you are in a nightclub, nobody will offend you. But in the church of God, somebody will offend you. In the work of ministry, somebody will offend you. So Paul is saying that be steadfast. Always abounding. In the work. To abound in the work means that make a conscious effort to add more. Keep adding. Keep adding. Keep adding. You are working on this. You are doing only five five, uh, minutes. Add 10 minutes more. You are doing 10 minutes. Add 20 minutes more. You are doing something. Keep adding because the more you add, the more, you see, it's only in the kingdom of God that the more you do, the more God gives you work to do. The reward of hard work is more work. Oh, you didn't get it. It's a tweetable thing. You can tweet it. The reward of work is hard work. Harder work. The reward of of doing well in the ministry is getting more to be done. See, what Pastor Bruno was talking, I was sitting there and I was just remembering him. I remember what he was saying the first day he walked into church. I remember him giving his life to Christ. But one thing that separated him from everybody else was his heart to reach out to souls. Ah, you don't need to give him two opportunities to be in the city center. He makes opportunity. And he always comes, Reverend, Reverend, I've got these three guys. I've got these three guys. I'm going to bring more. And he would leave the three guys and go and bring more. You see them coming, and plenty of people are following him. They say, what is this guy? <laughs> you know, and see, when he came, he was, he, he, he spoke French. He didn't speak much English. He didn't speak much English. He spoke French. So it's like the little English he had. The little English he had. He was using it to work. And you see, the reward of God is more work. 
the reward was more work. So as he was doing more was added. As he was doing more was added. As he was doing more was added. To abound means to get more. When you say somebody's abounding in riches, it means that he's getting more. When he's abounding in love, it means that he's getting more love. When he says abounding in the work of the Lord means that more work is being given to him and they are doing more and doing more. And then he goes to say something, knowing. Somebody say knowing. The reason why you must be steadfast, the reason why you must be immovable, the reason why you must be abounding is because the labor in the Lord is not in vain. We don't serve God for naught. God is a rewarder in, in uh, uh, Hebrews eleven six says that God is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. He rewards us. You see, can I tell you a few things about labor? This labor we are talking about. A few things. Number one, number one. The first thing is that we don't labor for God's love. You know, most people who preach the grace gospel. When I say the grace gospel, do you know what it means? It's a new type of teaching that has come. It's a new age teaching. We say that you are saved by grace. Uh, you don't have to do anything for God's grace. You understand? And now that you have grace, there's nothing like work. So you don't need to work. You don't need to live holy. You don't need to do any effort because grace has purchased everything. So just be you. You be you. And grace covers and answers for everything. That's a grace gospel. You don't have to pay tithe. You don't have to pay offerings. You don't have to even fast or pray. You know, you don't need to pray too hard. You don't need to pray too long. You know, God knows your heart. Even one minute prayer is prayer. And, you know, so there is nothing like effort. So the thing that the grace gospel does is it takes work from it. But James chapter 4 verse 17 says something. James chapter 4 verse 17 says something. I don't know whether you remember we, we did the whole of that some time ago. Therefore, to him who knows, no, is, it James, is this verse 17? Uh, James chapter 4, go to James chapter 4. Um, no, 217, 217, I'll come back to the 4. 217 says that, that's also faith itself, if it does not have works, is dead. Somebody says that, I have faith. And then somebody says, I also have works. But you, Show me your faith, and I, through my works, will show you my faith. I am working because I believe. Are you with me? I work because I believe in him. I work because I know he rewards. I work because I know whom I have believed. And you see, the Bible says that to whom much is given, much is expected or required, which means that you have to give because God has placed so much in you. You know, when, when Pastor Bruno was talking, you know, much is given to him. Much is given to him. See, one of his road dogs, one of his guys that he moved with when we went to... <laughs> we went to Paris and I met the guy. You know, and, and 
he was introduced and he said, you saw him and the guy was like, oh, wow, man. And I saw him, I was like, man, this guy. This guy. In some tiny flat. Tiny flat. Very, very, very Mulugano's guy. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. He has come from far. He has come from far. He has come from far. And you see, one of the best ways to show God your appreciation is to work for him. Oh, I don't know. I don't know whether you are clapping because you believe what I'm saying or just you are clapping for the sake of clapping. You see, if you have not been given much, you won't love much. But if you have been forgiven much, you love much. You do more. The reason why we don't do a lot of work these days, you know, this type of bless me gospel has overtaken the work for him gospel. Because it's like once I become saved, every blessing is mine. I don't need to do any work. I don't need to do anything for him. He will just bless me. But you see, I read in Matthew eleven twenty eight. He says that come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Then he goes on to say that take my yoke upon you, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Which means that he has a burden. He has a yoke, and he says, you bring your heavy load. Your heavy burden, bring it to me, and I will exchange it with mine. But mine is easy and mine is light. But it's a burden, nevertheless. It's a yoke, nevertheless. And his burden is that go into the world and preach the gospel to all creatures and make disciples of him. That is yoke. It's not complicated. And he says, You don't turn them to. To, to good people. Just preach to them. That leads me to the second thing about the labor. The second thing we must understand about the labor is that the labor that we are doing, we are working with him. It is not, we are not, he's not excluded from the labor that we have engaged in. Hallelujah. Well, I don't know whether you understood what I said. First Corinthians 3, 9 says that for we are co-workers or co-laborers together with God. You are God's husbandry. You are God's building. Which means that he's working with us. He's working in tandem with us. He's in sync with us. We don't work alone. He works with us. Amen. See, anytime you are working, just know that God is with you. And God is working with you. That is how come, if you want to learn how to prophesy, start working for God. Prophecy will come. If you want to learn how to pray and heal and deliver, start working. It will come. Because as you work, he works with you. He, you become a partner. See, when you are working with somebody, it means they help you. Have you worked with somebody who is very good and they help you to do better? And have you worked with somebody who is very bad and they made your, even your hard work nothing? But you see, God is the God that makes our little effort outstanding. 
So the little, because we are in partnership with him, the little we do, he just maximizes it and makes it look nicer and bigger and better than we could ever imagine. Hallelujah. It's, it's, that's the path of the labor. Number three, number three, number three is that God knows your works. Revelation chapter two, verse two. He says that, I know your work. Somebody say, I know your work. He knows your work. God knows our work. When we work, he knows our work. He knows our labor. You don't work in his blind side. Oh, you didn't hear what I said. You don't work in his blind side. He knows your work. As you are going to pick people, as you are going to uh, knock on doors, as you are going to, you are speaking uh, with people, praying for people, he knows it. He sees it. God sees where no man sees. Oh, you didn't hear what I said. I said God sees where no man sees. There's a scripture that I'm always scared of, and it's in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 13. It, it, it scares me. It scares me because it says that God sees where no man sees. And he says that no creature is hidden in the sight of God. But in all things, all things are what? Open and naked to the eyes of him with whom or to whom we must give account. It is naked. It's open. He sees it. You can't hide anything you are doing. Whether for him or against him. You cannot hide it. He says, I know your work. Man may not see it. Man may not appreciate it. But God sees it. God appreciates it. When you are working for God with all your heart, God sees it. And God appreciates it. You may be doing it to the blind side of everybody. But God sees it. You know, when he was... Pastor Bruno will always stand in the, in the city center. Sometimes, even the people in the church used to laugh at him. Because he was doing too much. He would go and bring somebody, some rasta, you know, dreadlocks, bad dreadlocks. Bring some guy. He say, Ish, this guy. He come, Pastor, this guy is a singer. <laughs> this guy is a singer. He can sing in the choir. Look at the guy. Ish. <laughs> You see, <laughs> you see me, one thing that I do is I, I don't want, I will never quench your, your, your zeal. You never come and tell me if you are thinking to do something. Because as soon as you tell me that, I'll commission you to do that. So I'll commission him. I commission him to start a, a, a separate choir with the dreadlocks people. <laughs> so, the, the main choir will finish singing. Then I invite my dreadlocks choir to come and sing. Yeah. I was like, who is this guy? See him in the, in the, and he says, he's very, he, he doesn't, he, he comes, he talk to you, yeah, you, give your life to Christ. Then he put his hand on his shoulder, give your life to Christ. You, you must give your life. This guy. Some people used to laugh. But God saw it. God saw his heart. God saw his zeal, his passion for God. And God has rewarded him. I said, God has rewarded him. Hallelujah. Am I talking to somebody? Yeah, he knows our work. He knows everything we do for him. The next thing about labor. Are you writing it down? Can I give you some more? 
God does not forget. God does not forget. Hebrews chapter 6 verse 10. For God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love which you have showed to, towards his name in that you have ministered to the saints and do minister. God does not forget. Man may forget. Oh, you know, I've done a lot of things. He's not the only person I've raised. They are not the only people, only couple I've raised as ministers who are doing well. But some of them would never even say thank you. Would never acknowledge that I did something for them. Are you getting it? Because it's like if you are not dancing the tune that the person is playing, they, they forget you then. Are you with me? But God is not like that. Man may forget. God never forgets. I, am I talking to somebody? God never forgets your labor of love. It may have been done on the blind side. It may have been done in passing. The Bible says that even if you give a cup of water to a prophet, in the name of the prophet, you bless the prophet with the cup of water, you receive the prophet's reward. Hallelujah. So he's not unrighteous to forget. So keep on doing. Keep on working. Keep on laboring for God. Don't let this grace gospel rob you of something that you can do for God. Away with this gospel where it's all preaching, preaching uh, prosperity, 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 and, and nothing is demanded from us where God is concerned. Away with that gospel. Because others are being robbed of the true gospel of Jesus Christ because we have refused to go. You see, the, 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 the last words of anybody is very important. You know, in the 9-11, when the, the uh, planes were being uh, rammed into the tower and into the uh, Pentagon and things, some of the passengers were able to write the, the, their last words a few words before their death. They knew they were going to die. They wrote. And she, they, what they wrote was not, what can you, uh, can you, my investment account do? No, 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 no. They wrote things about how they loved and what was important to them. Everybody who is dying will not have time to talk about trivialities. They talk about important things. When Jesus was going, he said, go into all the world make disciples of me go into that was what was on his heart that was what he was talking about go in and make disciples you see you cannot make disciples if you don't go you cannot make disciples if you don't talk you cannot make disciples if you don't relate you cannot make disciples if you don't invite you cannot make disciples if you don't work it's all about work it's about work I'm not saying that work is what brings salvation. No. But your work is also something that he sees, that he's looking for. Because that is what will make others be saved. Yeah. Our work. As we go around inviting people, as you go around joining chapels, starting a chapel, you know where you are, you can start a chapel. It's work. It is work. 
Are you with me? It is work. Gathering people is work. Because people are not easy to deal with. Uh, isn't it true? People are not easy to handle. But you see, as you gather them, you pray for them, you, you love them, you help them, you teach them. It's all work. But God sees it. And the Bible says he is not unrighteous to forget the labor of God for us. I thank God that Pastor Bruno has remembered what we did. But even if he hadn't remembered, God remembers. And that's the most important thing. Am I talking to somebody? That's the most important thing. So I'm not doing it or we, we, we are not doing it for you to remember. If you remember, great. If you don't remember, hey ho, God remembers. Amen. I, I, how many have you got? Four. Number five. Our labor in the Lord is a labor for eternal things. Colossians chapter 1, verse 28, 29. I think I'll end with this. What do you think? I think we have been preached to. Isn't it? How many services do you go? You get uh, five, five, five pastors preach. Five pastors preach in one sermon. Ah, I'm telling you, it's a very powerful church. I'll tell you. I'll join the church myself. Colossians chapter 1, verse 28, the Bible says, Whom we preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus, whereunto I also labor, striving according to his work, which worketh in me mightily. Hallelujah. The, the, the thing is working in me mightily. Even when I Take my last breath and I go. There's a scripture that says that blessed are they who die in the Lord for their works do follow them. Your good works always follow you. People remember you. Charles Wesley is gone. John Wesley is gone. But their good works follows them. Their hymns are still blessing us. The church they left is still blessing many. It's still keeping many alive. It's still educating many. Many of us. Many of us were educated through the work of people like Charles Wesley and John Wesley. I pray for you and I pray for me that by the day we are taking our last breath, we would have had so much work. And so, you see, the best investment, Pastor, the best investment I find is not investing in buildings. No. The best investment is investing in people. The best investment. It is not buildings, it's not buying properties, it's nothing. It's the best investment to invest. You see, guys, the best investment your pastor is doing is building you up. To have brought you here is the greatest investment he has deposited in you. I don't know whether you understood it, but it's a spiritual thing. What he has taught you is that I did not come from nowhere. 
somebody brought me up. See, anybody who is able to point to his father's house is somebody who is home trained. Is somebody you can, you can rely on. Is somebody who is telling that I am a man of integrity because I have a thor- a thor- my source. If you have any issue with me, you can go to my source and, and discuss it. He's saying that if you don't think he's doing right, you have the right to report him to somebody who can correct him. And with that, he has authority. And I pray that one day you also do some the same. You go somewhere, you gather your people and say, let's go. I'll take you to my father. And this is the man who taught me all that I know. If you have any issue with me, take it up with him. It's the greatest investment. I say it's the greatest investment. To have somebody, have somebody, I say that this man taught me everything. Never ever have this I know it all attitude. I came by myself. You know, I'm Elijah the Tishbite. I came from Tishab, and now I am doing miracles. No, don't have that attitude. See, me too, I have a father. I have fathers, and see, I'm not ashamed to say that this, this man taught me, or this man taught me, and this man, this. I'm not ashamed to do that. Because the more I do it, the more I'm showing you that I did not come by myself. Hallelujah. And see, when you do that, you invest in people. The, the Bible says in Timothy, the things that you have received of me among many witnesses, the same. Somebody say the same. The same commit to faithful men who teach others also. See, so I received it. I committed it to him. And he's also teaching others. And others will teach others. And others will teach others. And others will teach others. What we are doing, we are expanding the work and the kingdom of Jesus Christ. And he's going to reward us. I see your reward coming.